Welcome, everybody, to Moscow Mules and Knop Slides. Uh, I'm Kyle. I'm David. And we're your two hosts. Uh, <laughs> our special guest of the week is Matt. Matt, how you doing? Doing well. Thanks for having me. It's great. To, it's great to have you on. I know we met through our Ohio group chat. I think Twitter, maybe Slack, maybe all the above, all those things. So it's a uh, you know keep the heart of it all proud going strong i'll tell you what it's nice to have the people on that you don't really know like personally sometimes like like on a i don't know deep level like you know super good friends with it's nice to have like i don't know yeah. hey let's let's talk to somebody else yeah and it's, i mean that's that's the beauty of this and expands from here and i always like to ask everybody every time we have i'm like hey if you know have any friends that want to be on in the field true to my way like I, we're always down to like meet new people and one day i'll we'll be in person um, but, uh, I feel I feel like we've been saying that a lot. <laughs> I, keep, I feel like it's burning like a Groundhog's Day. <laughs> but, One uh, of these days, I'm going to take a toaster to my to my shower. No, don't do that. No, no, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't do that. Don't do that. I probably jump off the roof. No, don't do that. That's not far enough. Anyway, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Starting out hard. Make sure the chair playing when you're while you're doing. Oh that. yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> do you think there's a lot of those flip clocks around, by the way? Like those like the old know, school one. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. around a more now. Also, uh trivia, do you know how many days like were estimated? of of bill murray's character living his life in that show do you know how many days of his life he lived i wouldn't i'd have to take a 34 34 and a half or so days yeah no like the estimation was like if, if you figure out like from end to end how long does it take to actually be able to play the piano how long does it take to actually be able to like be an ice carver and then like someone figured out that i think it was like like around ten thousand like human days or something wow so 10 years no, ten thousand divided by three sixty-five. What is that? Oh, jeez, yeah. oh, my math is off. <laughs> <laughs> two two years? I think it was like two years. I could be wrong. I'm gonna have to go look that up. Ah, oh, shit. See, this no, is what I get for trying to drop some like you know, Kyle well, so, level knowledge. So well, as as Dave as David types 27 away, years. twenty-seven years. No, that was that was the math. Oh. I just <laughs> bad math. Okay, hold on. I'm gonna go look this up. Just to say, there'd be like 365 days, so you know, a little more than a thousand days in a three-year stretch. So that's a long time. Yeah, three times. Yeah, thirty years ish. Okay, ten years. I was wrong. Yeah, I thought it was a guesstimate, right? What did you say, say? Ten? You said ten I said days. 10 I said ten years because they always say to be like a professional in something, it takes ten thousand hours. So in my head, I was like, oh, yeah, that's ten years, right? Your math was solid, but your answer was right. I'm sorry. Your math, math was poor. Was <laughs> <laughs> right. Your well, reading is, is better than mine, though, probably. Right. But uh, if you're listening for the first time, this isn't a uh, addition and subtraction show. This is a uh, show where we talk to cybersecurity <laughs> professionals uh, over some drinks. And as you see, we uh, so sometimes bad. should start drinking before we – we haven't even started drinking yet, and that's the best part. But uh, Matt, as a special guest of the week – what are you sipping on this fine, fine evening? Well, it's kind of late and it's like a work night. So this is a uh, store brand diet ginger ale. Cause I'm, I'm keeping it real here, man. Store brand. That's right. What is that? What store is that? Kroger. Oh, I don't think we have Kroger's out here. 
Well, the Kroger's a Cincinnati-based staple. It's got a wide reach, but uh, yeah, it's a well-known Cincinnati you know, institution, if you will. I think the closest Kroger to us is in Wheeling, West Virginia. I'm trying Which to think is, if I've ever seen one along the highway or just, you know, in passing, like, oh, hey, look, there's the, there's the thing I've never seen before. And usually it's when you see, like, the giant and not the, you know, giant eagle and not even, like, the Maryland giant, but you see, like, eastern central Pennsylvania giants. That's, like, the first one. I don't think I've ever seen a, a Kroger. I'll just talk about Piggly Wiggly today. What's Can't that? I, I got a friend Wiggly. in uh, North Carolina. I was talking about Piggly Wigglies and Winn-Dixies. I like those. So, do you not like Canada Dry or what's the other one? Swelches? I I don't I like Canada Dry. Did you say Welches? Swelches? Swabs? Swabs? What's the other? Sure. I think it's like Schweppes. Are you trying to get some Schweppes? Yeah, that's it. That's right there. No worries. Yeah, I've got some Canada Dry around here somewhere, but you know, hey, figure throw a bone here to the local. <laughs> do you ever mix uh the uh, items into the ginger ale i you know other than like just different brands of ginger ale it's whatever like i have cold in the f- in the fridge so i just grab whichever you know it, it could be whatever you know whatever brand was in stock at the time <laughs> but no like whiskey no vodka any, uh, uh, i can't think that I've any ever- goodies put that in ginger ale i can tell you i think one of the worst things i ever had oh this was a really long time ago but uh i had a uh, buddy he had some like blueberry vodka and mellow yellow and that stuff was Ooh. like drinking skittles and it was pretty atrocious but hey we were uh <laughs> in the uh last days of a really terrible project and uh you know <laughs> it was what we had I'm trying to like even imagine what that tastes like. I don't think I've ever had mellow yellow. Oh yeah, you're missing out. Yeah, I guess like you're full disclosure, I really haven't had like pop in you know twenty whatever years at this point. So I don't think I ever had mellow yellow though. Mellow yellow, I would say Mountain Dew is better than mellow yellow for sure. Oh, that's that's what that's what the the comparable taste is. Yes, I think so. Right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Ish. Ish. Yeah, yeah kind of. Blueberry vodka and Mountain Dew. I've started regular vodka and Mountain Dew. That's like, what do we have left on our shelves? Oh, that's all we have left. <laughs> that's in college. Let's do together. College. But, yeah, it was. It was. You know, so this was like we were at this remote project and working to onboard uh, this company that the company we were working for had bought, and it was like our last night there. And he, he bought this bottle of blueberry vodka and. Like, man, what do you got to mix this with? And all he had were like some cans of mellow yellow and the little mini fridge in the hotel room. So, oh, yeah. uh, well, you know. <laughs> Get this party started. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually I actually did lose a uh, glass in the elevator. It kind of slipped out of my hand. But, yeah, well, you know. That's the ghost. That's the ghost in the elevator. It wasn't your fault. Yeah. Was it one of the hotel glasses? Yeah, absolutely. It was those, those little short, like, rocks glasses, I guess. Like the... Yep. Little stubby guys. Yep, absolutely. So it didn't that that glass broke, or it did it like fall down in between the elevator and the the, uh, the floor. You said you lost it. I'm imagining it just like getting sucked through the, like that little crack <laughs> and just like <laughs> I don't know where it went. It I, I'd love to tell you a cool story like that, but actually it just hit the ground of the elevator and shattered. And you ran. Yep. Pretty much. I had to 
you know, shocked look on my face. And, you know, I, we were, let me tell you, we, we kind of did it up that night. Uh, I remember it was like freezing cold and we had the air conditioner turned on in the room and the windows open. And I mean, it was like, there was like freeze warnings and stuff going on. This was in Nashville, Tennessee. It was uh, kind of a, kind of a, <laughs> one of those moments we had so much in our system that man, like just couldn't even cool off enough. That's crazy. I used to run the AC in the winter, and then you hear the chunks chunking around the one that you put in the window unit, like in dorm rooms. Dorm rooms used to get so hot, man, back in the day. Oh. You always That's run hot, though. You like... Oh, dude. I... Let me tell you about my morning routine. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's too uh, hot. David, throw it over to you. What uh... are you yeah, I'm. Uh, I got this beer from a neighbor from a, uh, my neighbor across the street, Mister Jake. Uh, we traded some beers this this past week. It's a it's something from Evergreen, and I feel like I drank something from them. I don't know. I have to go check the show notes. Do we have a runner yet? Do we have like a producer that can go check the show notes for me? We need to. Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy, check the show notes. No, we don't have no. I think no. so. Anyway, I, I think it was um. I think it was like a peach something or other. But anyway, this one's Sorbetto. It is sour ale, blackberry, uh, boysenberry, blueberry, marshmallow. What number is that? What number? 11. Okay. It has a number. Holy cow. I didn't yeah. know. From Camp Hill. I, I'm pretty sure I've had this before. Not this flavor, but. I have, I have number 12 and I've had like number seven and six. Oh, and oh, oh, oh. It just, it's gone. Hold on. I need an adult. It's all foamy. <laughs> it just exploded. Hold on. Let me go get Ooh. a towel. Uh, over to you, Cal. <laughs> <laughs> over to me. Well, while David cleans up his uh, white carpet, that should be a good cleanup. Um, I'm drinking another local. This one is, I don't, it, it sounds interesting. You're like, oh, this sounds interesting. I should probably try this. And I think, David, you'll have an opinion on this too. But this is from uh, Hitchhiker. It's called uh, Jelly Donut. It's from their. It's part of their whole punch series. So their IPAs they mix with milk sugar and a bunch of other flavors. So this is milk sugar, raspberry, vanilla, and donuts. So I don't really know if it really truly tastes like a jelly donut. I get more like raspberry and you know vanilla taste to it. But I saw it at my local place. More importantly, I've gotten these glasses that, though I didn't get the set, I like to think that I got the set of glasses. So this is a uh, Hop Killers. Teenage Mint Ninja Turtles glass, and this is uh, Donatello, you know, because we're all kind of nerdy in our own right. Donatello is the leader of gadgets and nerds. I'm sure there's going to be uh, some true diehard Teenage Mint Ninja Turtles fans out there that tell me he's not. But I, hey, man, I got a confession for you. I uh, for Halloween, my uh, kid wanted to be Raphael, and I made also his solid. wagon. I made his wagon into the turtle van. Sweet. And, uh, that was uh, yeah. Raphael is my favorite, my go-to favorite, but um, it's – so the nice thing about, like, this series of glasses, they didn't make it all the same glass. So this is actually one of those um, – looks like a solo cup glass, those that can't see it, but it's basically glass. looks like a solo cup. And uh, the Raphael one's like a big, like, uh, Pilsner glass, and I was like, well, I don't have any Pilsners to drink it out of. Not that I have to use the glass for the beer, but – But uh, this one, I don't know. I've had it already – you know, at my house, but I haven't had it on the podcast. Figure I'd bring it out. I'm guessing that's the. So I didn't hear really much of what you said because I ran to get a towel. I'm I'm guessing that's the uh, the jelly donut from Hitchhiker. That's right. Sir. Yeah. <laughs> All you had to say was donuts. 
So I'm and I don't know if here. I really taste the jelly donut thing going on. Like my favorite donut going uh, growing up as a kid and still to this day until I realized they really don't put a lot of jelly in it. It was the jelly donut, you know, I really appreciate the jelly donut, but you get, all you get around this is like heavy raspberry touch of touch of vanilla, you know, but um, it was more about the glass tonight. I'm running low. I need to restock, but uh, on what glassware or beer? No, no, I got enough glassware going on now. <laughs> See, sorry about that. Dina, my my beer is still gushing, by the way. Dina likes to say when I get a beer glass, "Is uh, what glass is that one?" And I say, I like to say, "Well, it was a pre-order." <laughs> Nanya. Nanya. Yeah, that doesn't work. Yeah, it's not going to. But um. Anyway, um, I think I'm done. I'm gonna pour. I got this. Uh, I. I I think I bought this glass Joe glass in, I don't know, April. And I haven't poured into it yet. So little glass Joe, Mike Tyson punch. I think, out. Yeah. You, you took the, you took, I took the Mike, I took the Tyson one. Yeah. And you took the Joe one. So it's actually going to work out pretty well because I'm going to be able to do small pours while this fizzes out on me. And I ruined my coaster. I had a Russian river coaster that I got from the brewery out there in California. Ruined. It's done. Well, I picked Thanks up beer. Thanks Jake. I, I, it's Jake. Jimmy, give me a towel. <laughs> Jimmy, I should have Check the show notes. <laughs> need that producer. One day. One day. Oh, whatever. So I, don't, I, I haven't tasted it's... it yet. I just have foam. I don't know. Well, Hopefully it's good. Well, tell us about your glass. My, my glass is just the, the, you know, the glass show. It's the glass show. Mike Tyson. Uh, oh, that's right. Black, Black Ninja. Yeah, man. I was hey, listening, but I didn't. I, got, I finally got stickers. Matt, you'll be getting and we, I just I just paid for our glasses. So those that uh, our past guests will be getting up, I got stickers. But what made me think of it was I got a coaster from Sticker Mule. Oh, nice. But I got some nice holog uh, hologram Moscow Mules and Knopside stickers. You can't really see. It's kind of the plastic stuff. Looking good. You'll be getting one with your glass, Matt, once we get the glasses in. Um, drop it in. Cool. Can't wait, man. But, uh, what a mess. What a, what a start here. What? <laughs> it's like the Came good up. note. So, uh, yeah, my, my office is in my bathroom. So that's kind of like the good the good point of having an office bathroom. I can just run and get my towel, wipe my desk up. <laughs> so Matt, tell us a little bit about how you got into the field. Yeah, so actually one of the things that my, my dad and I, we didn't get along real great, probably still don't. Um, but, uh, you know, one of the few things, he worked for the uh, telephone company. He was manager, like an accounting department. And uh, he would bring home these Information Week magazines. And it was like one of those few things we could like bond over and agree on and talk about. And, uh, you know, he would bring them home from work and I would read them. And I remember there was like, the 1995 uh, version of that. And uh, it uh, had written an article about Dan Farmer and he of course had authored and released satan the security analysis tool for analyzing networks and for those of us who or for those of you in the audience that might not be that old school uh if you think of metasploit before there was metasploit before there was uh nessus from tenable um before those things there was um satan he also uh put together um, <laughs> i'm sorry that's that's such a great like like a little segment before there was anything there was <laughs> satan <laughs> and uh wasn't it yeah, an so, acronym wasn't it an acronym 
Yeah, the security analysis tool for analyzing networks yeah, um, was what that stood for. He also authored the CTK, the corner toolkit. Um, but the thing that really struck me, you know, everybody else was like going like, oh my gosh, here's this tool that does multiple vulnerabilities, not just one thing. And it's being released out there completely free, open source and all that. And, you know, while there was the hubbub over that, he was doing the information security stuff for Sun Microsystems. And back in 1995, it wasn't really a job that you could even aspire to. Like it, we take it for granted now because there's so much need for infosec um, practitioners and help, and uh, you know it's a, it's high demand industry. But uh, you know back then there wasn't an industry like, and it just blew me away that here's somebody their whole job is doing computer security stuff, and I just remember thinking, man, I'd love to be able to do that someday. And it took me like 20 years to get there. Uh, it wasn't all the way until like 2015. I would sit in conferences, listen to talks, people like, oh, I totally lucked into this. And, you know, somebody just uh -huh. tapped me on the shoulder and said, you're the security person. And, you know, I'd, like, man, I've been trying to break in. But uh, I went to a ton of security events and stuff. But I was really just kind of a spectator back in those days. And then uh, I remember DerbyCon 5 came around. And, man, I couldn't get a hold of a ticket to save my life but the CFP was still open and I thought, well, you know, yeah, I could submit something. So I submitted this talk on um, doing surveillance using spare stuff. And really it was something that was inspired me of looking at old cell phones with no service and thinking, mm -hmm. you know, there's gotta be a purpose for these. This is basically the same thing people were paying big bucks for iPods back in the day before there was the iPhone. Right. Uh, and I thought, you know, it's got built in networking. It's got, uh, you know, the, capability of running applications. It's got a camera, a microphone. Uh, it'll connect to wireless networks. And so I started playing around with that and ZoneMinder and doing some pretty cool stuff. Oh, and so just threw together a quick talk on that. And, uh, you know, it was, it was interesting because yeah, it was kind of intimidating, right? Because DerbyCon is, you know, it's like A-list speakers and stuff and the best of the best hackers in the country would go there. And in some cases, even some international people would come in for that. And, uh, you know, I got through the talk and, uh, you know, but it was amazing because that just gave me like the instant credibility I needed and some of the circles I'd kind of mingled around in. I happened to talk about, you know, I was doing sysadmin stuff for a long, long time, like a lot of years and uh, had an opportunity for a better position doing that and talking to, you know, a you know, friend that I had earned through, you know, a lot of years it uh, just kind of worked out that uh, you know like oh hey if you could have any job you want what would you want to do and you know said so, you know I'd really like to get into some sort of security analyst type of position and you know talk about all the stuff I'd done and so forth and I'm like oh well you know let's meet for lunch next week and talk and you know finally after 20 years I got an opportunity to work in InfoSec and one of the cool things for me personally was that uh, just you know back in the olden days of uh, pre-COVID of 2019, going to uh, Black Hat, and I was in the process of going from one party to another, and I accidentally took a wrong turn, but it was the best wrong turn of my life because I'm walking and I stop dead in my tracks, and I see these two guys talking, they're maybe about 20 feet away, and they see me staring at them, they're staring back at me, and there's this big awkward silence, and finally I went the guy with the 
long red curly hair and like you look familiar to me hi i'm dan farmer and so it was uh, really no cool to, yeah all those years later like get to meet the guy in person and i actually Full circle <laughs> totally and you know the funny thing is like i had spoken to over 80 high school juniors at butler tech about working in it and information security and i had actually had a slide that talked about the early inspirations mm -hmm. and it was you know the movie games war poster and and dan farmer's picture from that era and uh you know sitting on top of the the monitor and stuff and and like i pulled up the slide and showed him because i said man if i told you this you'd never believe me i'm going to show you and i pulled up on my slide share slide and showed him and i you know we had this really long great conversation so it was just a very cool moment for me personally did you have a little opportunity to use satan uh, going back to dan farmer's uh satan which i guess also had a santa uh, you could you could call repent the command repent and it would it would rearrange the lift, the letters to Santa based on what I'm seeing <laughs> if you were offended so did you did you ever get to use it or were you just like kind of drawn in by that there was a tool out there that that kind of you know was, was looking for vulnerabilities yeah I mean I thought that was cool I really didn't dabble in it until like a lot of years later um, and even then I had problems getting things to compile and so forth it was pretty oh well yeah deprecated. you don't say. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was pretty well deprecated by the time I actually started playing around with it. But actually, I was back then I was teaching myself um, Linux, um, Ziff Davis University, which was basically some online instructor-led courseware that you could do. And you know, I was taking this class on Unix, and that was you know my my first introduction to Linux. So I was still very Linux novice back in the mid '90s. So one thing you before you. I'm going to go back a little bit. I don't want to interrupt you in a talk, but you were talking about how you use like the iPod to, to do all like the surveillance stuff. I, I want to interject at that point in time. So it's maybe a little done, but you couldn't do that with the Microsoft Zoom, could you? <laughs> <laughs> all the Zoom people out I bet out you there. could. Is there, <laughs> are really? there Zooms still floating around? <laughs> I don't think so. The only Zoom story I had is back in the old, you know, like the first revisions of the Raspberry Pis. Like those Zoom uh, splitter cables were the best, like for the audio video, like real good quality. And yeah. so, like, I bought all these old, like, Zoom cables that were otherwise useless to anybody else. But man, those first generation Raspberry Pis, they were fantastic for I mean, that. When you say like a, a Zoom splitter cable, like, what do you, what do you mean? It just like had like an audio jack that went from like one to two? Yeah, basically an eighth-inch style jack that had the video and the stereo um, oh. audio output. Oh, look at that! That's not too bad. Something else you something else you hit on that I've seen it through like the Twitter verse of you know infosec Twitter world, and and I want like your opinion because you did it. Do you believe you know when you see people that are like oh I want to break into you know cybersecurity infosec call it what you want to call it you know do you think that they should start out in IT, I know this is really like, really, you know, throwing you up against the fence right now, but like, you know, you did all the IT sysadmin for years. Do you think that like someone that really wants to break in should start there, you know, that route? Like, I, mean, I don't, I don't have really opinion either way, but you see this all the time that you see people like saying like, Hey, yeah, you should definitely go into sysadmin work before you go into like cybersecurity work, you know, whatever that cybersecurity path is for you. Right. Do you, how do you feel about that? Uh, that's a good question. I think, you know, it, to some extent, it depends on the individual, um, you know, but I, I think you learn a lot of good stuff as a sysadmin and it lays a lot of good groundwork for working in security. Um, I don't know that 
you know, it, I, I wouldn't say, tell anybody they can't, you know, go the other way and, and start learning some of the sysadmin stuff and starting in security. Um, I think the biggest thing is it, you know, gives you the chance maybe to get your foot in the door a little bit. Um, I've actually given a talk um, called Continuous Skills Improvement for Everyone, and a large chunk of that is about how to break into the industry. I haven't been asked to interview a lot of people, but I've done it a little bit um, for InfoSec roles and uh, just kind of put together a lot of the tips. Uh, I run a group in Cincinnati called the Simpa Security SIG. It's a local monthly meetup group. And uh, because of that, it's fairly high visibility and I get approached a lot for advice and so forth. And you know, I, I realized I only had you know a few minutes to talk to people and I could throw a couple quick tips but uh, didn't really have a chance to really put together something comprehensive. And I thought, you know, I should give a talk on this and put together all my best tips on, you know, what really demonstrates passion because there's always going to be people with degrees and certifications, but if they don't have experience, you don't know what kind of passion they have. You can't ask them a lot of questions about their experience because they're trying to break into the industry. Um, and I used to be a bug crowd ambassador and uh, if I, <laughs> had known how the program was was going I would have reapplied but uh ah, well uh, you know either way I, what I saw of bug bounty hunting is that was a great way to break into security because it gives people mm -hmm. a chance not that you're going to make a ton of money doing bug bounty hunting uh very few people do um but it gives you professional experience you can put on a resume you can talk about and it absolutely demonstrates passion because if you didn't have a passion for it you're not going to take the time to, you know, learn this stuff. Um, and so I, uh, for me personally, I think that's probably one of the best ways somebody can, you know, go about padding their resume if they haven't had an actual day job because the barrier to entry is incredibly low. I was going to say, you're, you're talking about, um, you know, bug bounties. It's kind of, it feels the same way as like um, capture the flags that uh, do. And I think we talked about this on a, maybe the last podcast or a couple ago, but you know, regardless, you get that experience and, and you sit there and, and uh, you know, you're not on the clock. You're not getting paid for it. It's something that you're doing in your own free time. And like you said, it's a, it's a good um, talking point in an interview where you can demonstrate that you care and you've had experience and you're, you're exposing yourself. You're putting yourself out there to like a lot of different tools and the methodologies that you might otherwise you know, not be super familiar with. And you can, you can kind of draw the parallel to like being a system in, because I, I did that for a little bit um, before I, I did, um, or got into reverse engineering and it was, it's, it's like the same thing where you're just kind of like, I really don't know what I'm doing. I have an idea, but that kind of groundwork kind of gives you a, another window to like, Oh, there's other stuff that's like, um, adjacent to what I'm doing that is super interesting. And maybe I can, you know, learn that and move over that way. Yeah. And, and I think the other thing is if you can get on the right team, um, if somebody's, you know, if you've worked in a team CTF environment and you've done, you know, a couple with, with somebody, you start to understand, you know, like, hey, here's somebody that uh, I can work well with. You know, you, you get the sense for what it's like to work with this person, including under a pressure situation, right? Because everybody's trying to climb the leaderboard and it's pretty frantic, um, especially near the end. And you really get a feel for what people are like, uh, on top of that, I think. So yeah, very good points though. Uh, it, it's, it's good team building. You're like, that's, that's another thing that I didn't really think about where you can kind of like, they're not the people on your team, maybe not 
people you're normally working with. So you're just kind of like, you got to feel out personalities. Like not everyone's going to react the same in every sort of situation. And, uh, you know, just, just having that kind of have different life experience of being like, okay, I worked with this one guy this one time and he just like completely spazzed out. Maybe, maybe there's like a way that I can work with him to just kind of like chill out or like she, I know this girl's really good at this one thing. Maybe like we can talk about, uh, you know, like sharing like a knowledge share afterwards and, and even just building up networks, like to, to think about like the, the network that I know Kyle has at this point, just, you know, putting yourself out there to just keep trying different things that you're not super experienced with and uh, meeting the people and, you know, having exposure and repetition is, you know, you can't really fail really, even if you're not good at it, you're not going to fail uh, long-term. I also think like to add to that too, it's like, and one thing you don't see a lot as you get into your mid career, but like when you're starting out, you always look for like, sometimes you see references, right? If you have a CTF team you're playing on, that could be used as a professional reference, right? Like, Hey, I did these CTFs with this person. Hey, person can you be a reference for my job interview right because it talks about you know working with them how they are under pressure it hits all those bullet points that unfortunately hr is looking for you know eventually those references go away i mean i, I haven't seen it in my well for involved. interns like so like it, it's it's sir we've had those come across the door we're like oh i'm in, i'm in ppp like i've worked with these people because you, you don't have professional experiences you're an intern you're just trying to figure out like what what actually can i do <laughs> i have to get credit where can i go and, uh, you know, every kid there probably has like a three or a, you know, 3.0, 3.5, 4.0, like which, which one's a good one. I don't know. So yeah. having, having somebody else to talk to, to kind of like bounce those ideas off of and thoughts. And like, if you can work in that environment, there's no reason why you can't be a good teammate anywhere else. So Matt, you brought up something that you said you're part of the Sin PA security SIG. What did I say? Right. Cincinnati and Pennsylvania, right? It's like a partnership. <laughs> Oh, it's, it's, uh, it's tough. It's the Cincinnati Networking Professionals Association Security Special Interest Group. I was so close. Many words, we just call it the SIMPA Security SIG. So SIMPA is a nonprofit organization. It's really about uh, Cincinnati area technology professionals helping out other area technology professionals. And uh, it's, it's, you know, nonprofit 501c3 entirely volunteer run and led. And uh, yeah, I, the group itself goes all the way back to the Novell Network heydays of like the very early 90s. Uh, so it's been around since dirt. Um, and, uh, <laughs> it's been around Internet since Satan. Dirt. <laughs> Internet dirt. Actually, it's been around longer than Satan. That's how old it is. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's a group that's still running these days. Uh, it's got three special interest groups that are still active. Uh, there's a free and open source software special interest group. There's one devoted, devoted to small and medium-sized businesses. Um, a good makeup of the organization are independent computer consultants and small MSPs, things like that. And then there's the security special interest group, which is the one I've been running for, I want to say three years officially and unofficially more like over four. Is that like, how big is, I mean, is this, you know, security infosec community in Cincinnati pretty large? I mean, do you, you know, I mean, I'd say it sounds like it's probably comparable to PA or sorry, Pennsylvania or Pittsburgh? <laughs> where, where? 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 <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a small community. Everybody tends to know everybody. We don't generally have 
organizations uh, or businesses. Um, we had one that was devoted to nothing but uh, information security. We've got some that have big arms like CBTS, Cincinnati Bell Technology Solutions, um, and you know a lot of smaller MSSPs and some that are you know like branch offices of of MSSPs that have you know points of presence in different parts of the country. Um, I think probably our my biggest draw uh, was actually the last in-person meeting we had back in February with Dave Kennedy. We had well over 60 people in attendance for that meeting. Uh, and that was, you know, before COVID and, and was really, you know, everything locking down. So, uh, you know, we've, you know, that was our last in-person meeting, unfortunately, but, uh, you know, I've had to move into virtual meetings ever since, uh, but we have never missed one under my tenure. So this feels like a lot like a mentor, uh, mentorship sort of situation, right? Am, am, am I wrong in misunderstanding that? Or is it like an infosec sharing thing? Yeah, it's, it's sort of all of that. Um, our main thing is we're probably, there's a lot of infosec groups in Cincinnati. Uh, we have a lot of groups um, and they all have different purposes, um, different um, you know, they just run differently and they serve different purposes, different audiences. Um, our group is easily, I would say, the most technical uh, most months. Uh, there's one that will maybe occasionally match us month on month um, with what they're doing. But, uh, you know, we've been meeting consistently. Do you have any good stories of like somebody coming through the program that was like super young or like new to the field and then you know, you were able to like work with that sort of person at the very beginning and then kind of you watched like a, a nice flourishing career progression at all or uh, anything, anything like pseudo inspiring to you? <laughs> yeah. So there's been a few people I've helped get job interviews, um, you know, a couple of times, maybe it led to an opportunity. Um, sometimes it didn't, but at least they had an interview and a, and a chance to, uh, you know, sort of sell themselves. Um, I think opportunity is a good keyword for that, where you're just like, you, you, you've done so much. I, I, you know, the door, the doors were open. We, we figured out how to connect everything like as best as possible. And like, sometimes it just doesn't work out. Right. But yeah. as long as the opportunity was there, like you, you can't say that you didn't try, I guess. Excuse me. Yeah, and it, it's still a good experience for, you know, the candidate, even if it doesn't, you know, that one opportunity doesn't pan out, that'll help them the next time. Uh, you know, those things tend to build off of themselves. Um, but I've had a couple people um, here locally that, you know, are in leadership roles at some of the other infosec groups around Cincinnati and uh, we've all been very promotional of each other and sort of shared ideas and you know like we've taken little tidbits out of the things that we do differently and incorporated them into our own groups um, and uh, you know it's uh, so, so it's good camaraderie and a couple of them have really stepped up and I've I've had some people go from like me being spectators to speaking now that have been regular attendees and so forth. And so now they're out there speaking at conferences and events and so forth. And, uh, you know, they were already working in the industry, but it's, you know, maybe helped them raise their profile a little bit. Uh, it's got them contributing back to the local community to help the younger folks that are coming in. We've had, you know, a number of students and so forth um, come in. It's by and large, usually, um, you know, technology, you know, professionals, uh, infosec practitioners that come to my meetings, but, you know, we welcome everybody. Um, you know, uh, 
one of my favorite moments is that uh, I've even had some tech recruiters come in and attend our, our my meetings. And it's a tough meeting if you're not super technical, but I put together a password cracking workshop uh, last December, and that was our December meeting. And uh, it was a lot of fun. And I actually had a recruiter, uh, a semi-regular, uh, come in, and all he had with him was an Android smartphone and he was able to download a, an SSH um, client and he was able to complete, like, and this was a large part, like all the detail I put into the lab guide and so forth. He was able to complete most of the exercises. And he had a great time doing it. And all the way from that guy to the senior penetration tester in the room, who's you know a, a friend of mine and telling me, oh, that was a great workshop. So. I had everybody from the tech recruiter that, you know, is not in the field, not doing the stuff. Day not day technical. Out. It should, shouldn't be like, you know, uh, not, not, not shouldn't, but like, you know, you don't have expectations for to like, you know, w even want to be there, I yeah. guess. <laughs> so when you go from that to the senior penetration test in the room, they both loved it. Like, you know, man, it tells me I feel like I'm doing something right. Makes you miss going out and doing stuff, doesn't it, Kyle? Uh, I drastically miss it. I was going to say, you're, you're a little bit more involved in that community than I am. I would say a lot more involved in that community than I am. I mean, I, just I, like, I, I was super deep in like to our Pittsburgh sec. And then like, I had to back out cause that and you know, work and teaching and like life just, it just too much. So even just doing the B side CTF once a year is sometimes just can be very overwhelming. Cause you're like, oh, I'll do it next week. I'll do it next week. And you're like, shit, we're six weeks out. And like, I need to get the labs together, you know? I'm like, you know, thought process and like it takes a lot of work so that's not even like playing the conference part of playing these workshops as a whole right we, we you know playing a workshop i think is very similar to like you know the teaching that dave and i do and, and and that planning of a class and the curriculum and stuff like that but it's just like that can be very exhausting yeah well, i was gonna say you were talking about like not you know uh not having like a whole bunch of time to to, to even like do other like parts of the CTF it's like it's actually like the planning too like you you have like a full involvement and it's just I don't know it seems you have, like you forget like it's like once you get it all squared away you still have day of right and then you have day of all the hiccups and like you know nothing goes smoothly because a CTF is basically just a live demo for eight hours like because that's how long you know besides Pittsburgh typically is and it's just like we all know how live demos go right if you don't like you know <laughs> always fun. wrong I, the, uh, I do a ton of live demo stuff. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Can I jump in here with like my worst demo story? And, and Kyle was here for this. I mean, just just speaking of like day of demo, we we Kyle and I were out in California and we had a demo for a client. And as I went to start, like not even start the demo, just like to set the demo up, it was all running on a, a portable hard drive, like a, a two terabyte, just USB powered hard drive. And uh, I went to plug the USB uh into the back of the hard drive and it's like one of those i i can't i don't remember what the technical term is but it's like the excuse me like the powered H, uh, usb uh my connector just fully fell out of the hard drive the whole just the, the solder just fell apart and it just it, it fell onto the table like i, I can't get this going <laughs> so strip down the wires and try to just like get the just the power to go and it's you know spotty off and on and it just didn't work that was like the worst thing that could have ever happened i hate that do you have any stories like that? <laughs> you have any one of those days where shit just goes bad? Yeah, I can't imagine anything. I'm sorry, that was just like the worst. I could not. How how did your solder 
for your your housing just fall like apart how does that happen yeah, I had this uh, live demo I tried to do fairly recently for the group I run. And like I wrote some like, you know, fake malware thing just to kind of demo some, I don't remember what I was. Oh yeah, I remember now. It's like trying to show people like using 7-zip to dissect files or whatever. And it was just like my filler material of the evening. And like I couldn't get the VM to power up. <laughs> <laughs> just die <laughs> that's like the like, word, like how, how do you not do that like you just click a button and it should just go right yeah exactly and worked thing, an hour before that right <laughs> yeah, exactly like i had done like all sorts of testing and yeah it just and you know usually i'm smart enough to make backup recordings of my stuff mm-hmm. so in case something goes horribly wrong i can show people the video and uh, the one time i didn't it's like, man, I just never even thought that the system wouldn't just power on and run the simple, stupid, you know, executable I'd crafted to do weird stuff. Right. Out of anything that could have gone wrong, like, oh, yeah, I'm prepared for, like, uh, the malware not to, like, load. I'm prepared for, like, you know, debugging problems from, like, host to VM. I'm prepared for, like, network problems. But I'm not prepared for my VM to just not power up. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You nailed it. And so, yeah, it was, that was like, yeah, that was probably my worst demo fail ever. <laughs> Kyle, you got a good demo fail story you want to, you want to pop in? I, I just know not to do them. <laughs> Smart man. I just <laughs> don't like, do demos. I just don't do demos. Because even when in class, like, you're like, let me pull up my Cali VM and show you what I'm talking about. Like, oh, I'm like, oh, shit, the files aren't there. Like, where to put them? Like, so like, it's like, is it in those moment demos that always fail? I say like every other talk I've, we, I've given or I've given with anybody else, like we either just do screenshots and talk to them, like what we did, because it just doesn't. You get the like little circle highlights line. on like the, the screenshot with like the, you know, you want to look here, watch this register and bam, I mean, bam, you know, bam. It's cool to do live, you know, people love it. But, you know, I think a lot of the big cons now say like this record your thing, right? And that's also just as cool, but. We all know we wish we could do it live, but you know it's just it's just not the right. So I don't know. Yeah, I've, I've had it. Def- I've had it fail every single time. So, <laughs> I, I yeah, I usually have a pretty good track record of success. That was just you know, but yeah, no matter how you know good and adept you are and how experienced you are doing that, and yeah, it it still comes back to bite you once in a while. So so other than DerbyCon, have you been? Have you talked like any other, I don't want to say high profile, but like any other conferences uh, of note that where, you know, people may have seen you or know you from? Oh, sure. So I've spoken at uh, B-Sides in Cincinnati, Columbus, Ohio, Cleveland, Ohio, Indianapolis, Indiana, um, actually Columbus, Ohio twice. Um, I've spoken at the ISSA International Summit in Dallas, Texas last year. I spoke at Secure West Virginia last year. I'm going to be speaking there again in just a few days on Saturday. In Um, in person in West Virginia? Well, it's going to be virtual. Uh, It'll be uh, live, but virtual um, this year. Secure secure West Virginia. So what what does that mean? It used to be called HackerCon. Um, they didn't have a different name for a while. Yeah, yeah, it was known as HackerCon, and then they found that like companies were having trouble getting funding or permission to go to something with the word hacker in it, so they changed it to security. Oh man, hacking! Appease. Hacking is not a crime, right? Hacking is not a bad thing. <laughs> it's not a crime. Let's as an advocate that, let's... for hacking, is not a crime. 
Hacking yeah. is See, not a- that's exactly why that group exists because exactly. you, know, you get the bad connotation for just like a, a silly word that doesn't mean what a lot of people think it you know really does mean. Yep, we're all exactly hackers, right. Like I don't like oh, to yeah. give myself the nomenclature of a hacker, but we all are. We all twiddle, you know, with stuff. We break things apart. We figure out how things work. We, you know, attack things. We defend things. We build things. We take apart things, right? So, yeah, sure. we, gotta, we definitely awful. gotta change the name, uh, uh, the way how things are labeled, and you know, as the group I'm part of, like, they're constantly reaching out to journalists saying, "Hey, can you change it to like cyber criminal?" You know. Or just, you know, criminal using, you know, cyber tools to do things as opposed to hacker associated with a crime because reality, we're all hackers, right? You know, yep. someone's totally, you know, more comfortable than me, like using that nomenclature and to each their own. Like you are, we're all hackers, right? In the field. So I just yep. hate that, like, you can't get funding just because you want to go to a conference that has the word hack in it. It's, oh, yeah. It's not like you're saying, like, I'm going to go to, like, a power grid and hack it. You're like, I'm going to a something called Hacker Convention, right, or HackerCon. Yeah. You know, don't be so silly about it. Yeah. So, and it's, it's, it's a good conference. Hopefully, I was there last year in person. I spoke there. Where's and, again uh, in West Virginia? It's, like, the, in, like, Charles. southern West Virginia. Yeah, okay. I've been trying to get to that last couple of years because there's someone from around our area that's both part of – uh Pitts, Pittsburgh community, but also down in that community a lot. And I, I know his Twitter handle, and I can't think off the top of my head, but hopefully he listens and says, "Hey, that's me." Yeah, it's a, a very cool, like low-key conference. It's it's a small infosec conference. You know, there isn't like a ton of stuff. It's not like you know when you go to uh, I've spoken at Circle City Con twice, um, and when you go to uh, Indianapolis or downtown Louisville and there's like all this stuff and a short walking distance and kind of spreads out. Uh, there's really in Charleston, West Virginia, you got the mall and the hotel and it's got the hotel bar and a couple of restaurants. <laughs> but what's really cool is like, you know, you, the pe- you, people, you know, you actually get to sit down and spend a lot of time talking in depth with folks uh, about some really cool stuff and what people are working on. And, uh, you know, it, it's a little bit better than the busy conference where maybe you have a five or 10 minute hallway conversation uh-huh. with your occasional friends and you're off to the next thing. Um, that was the best thing about DerbyCon and a ShmooCon, I think is very much like that is that it was very small and like, you know, you know, Louisville is, you know, decently sized, but everything was like sort of close and everybody kept like kind of close to that. Right. And like hung out and talked and chatted and, you know, we talked about that last week with the binary ninja guys where they were they were saying that you know infiltrates great because it's just kind of yeah. you know even though it's in Miami you're just you're just you feel so involved in yeah, in like everything that's yeah you're just you're just there but you know <laughs> if you can't be in Miami i guess go to Charleston West Virginia and isolate <laughs> yourself from everybody well yeah it's it's virtual this year but uh yeah it was like I don't know. It's just, and this year uh, they got John Strand giving their keynote for them. Um, Black Hill Security. Yeah. 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 And then, uh, you know, Amanda Berlin's usually there every year and Adrian Crenshaw and um, then um, Edmund, who does uh, malware analysis and does a lot of reverse engineering stuff for a big, well known company. Like, you know, he's spoken at DerbyCon and some other conferences and it was just cool to like get to sit and pick his brain for a really long time. And, uh, then, uh, I, the guy I actually had, I had him in to speak for my group, uh, one of my virtual meetings, uh, as well as George Ortiles. Um, he's done, you know, the, 
red team. Um, Defcon See the purple team. T- TTO of uh, Scythe now? Yeah, yeah. Yep, that's him. Look at you, and man. You guys, I don't know. He is, he's speaking at Secure West Virginia this year. And it's, it's unfortunate it's virtual because you know, we had a good time hanging out at the ISSA International Summit last year. Um, so, but on yeah. On a scale of like one to, one to 10, where are you on like missing travel? Since it's, it sounds like you really get around to these conferences and you, you've been involved for you know, a, a, a nice period of time and you've been around like the central eastern area here. Where's your where's your missed travel meter? Oh, I miss it a I miss it a lot. I miss the conferences. Um, yeah. Do you travel for work a lot? I don't. Um, not just conference just conference time. You just get out for that. Yep. Yep. You know, hacker summer camp and you know all that. I miss being able to go to those things in person um, this year. And you know, hopefully, hopefully by the time you know it'll be safe to do it in person. I know, I know it's a stretch. But I'm, it wasn't, I'm, it wasn't I'm supposed to be today. Really wasn't today. Isn't today the day that everything's supposed yeah. to just go back to today, normal? Today, the vaccine <laughs> is supposed to be released. See, that's, but, uh, yeah. I mean, I hope, I truly hope it happens next summer. Like I know we're all missing it, right? Like, yep. I mean, I'm dying. I'm like willing to, I, I will pay out of my pocket. I will take personal time just so I, that I can go and like just spend time. I'll you could probably walk. walk. You could probably walk. I'll walk there. Walk down to Pittsburgh. <laughs> it wouldn't take that long. You're pretty close. No, no, I'm not so, close. <laughs> did we talk about like what what you do now, like what your role is in the cybersec now? No, I don't think we did. Well, we got we got like an hour in, and we have no, I have no idea what Matt does for a living, <laughs> other than he knows a lot about Satan. <laughs> so, tool. Uh, <laughs> tool. It's a tool. Yeah, it's a tool. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. But uh, I do uh, digital forensics and incident response on a uh, computer security incident response team, um, principal security engineer. It's a big organization. Like I guarantee you guys would have heard of it. Um, probably most of your listeners. Uh, I have a pre-employment agreement though. They just don't want me name dropping them because I cool. go out and give Hopefully hacking okay. talks. <laughs> and, okay. So, so well, they knew that before, before they hired you, they knew they were, what they were getting into. I specifically asked them about it and they're like, okay. well, you know, if you leave our name out of it, then you don't have to go through marketing and legal to get even better, a, a branded slide deck and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know, as long as you just represent your, as independent security research, we don't care what you talk about. I'm like, you exactly. know what? that's a good deal. I can, I can live with that. That's a great thing about the internet. But yeah, I mean, I, I totally ironed out those details with them before I took, <laughs> you know, before I even continued interviewing that was like one of my pre-interview questions because you know i i have heard of people that have lost their jobs by you know giving talks on different subjects and so forth and uh you know i've also sat through enough branded slide decks and it's just like yeah they're void of humor and it's just not my style right like there's no there's no humor to them and i you know like i just i don't know i have i have like my own weird style and i don't like over polished slide decks like you know, I think that actually kind of makes them boring. So, you know, I tend yeah. to do a lot of my own custom graphic stuff and it's kind of raw and, and, uh, but you know, like I have fun with it, man. Like I just, I try, I think I have a pretty good sense of humor. And so I always try to inject a bit of humor. In the you you thrown in like custom memes or what? Like, what are you, what are you doing? Uh, it's just all sorts of different stuff. Um, I wonder if I'm I can go look up your DerbyCon talk after this. 
Oh yeah. So yeah, there's there's two of them. Uh, the the one on surveillance is won't be that entertaining. But look at my one on regex because yes, believe it or not, I made a regex talk fun uh, by someone should. <laughs> Yeah, I put in my mom, like an avatar of my mom, as the foil. <laughs> and I was making the point that regex, regular expressions are not old sayings. And so, like, I have all these avatars of my mom with these old sayings that I built into the slide deck to, you know, sort of enforce points. And, uh, you know, she's kind of my foil in this thing. And, you know, like, I, there's one where, you know, before I be, you know, so before we begin, and I had this slide of, you know, my mom saying, this is going to hurt me a lot more than it hurts you, which is what <laughs> she used to tell me as a kid before I, you know, when I was getting a spanking, of course, she's got a yardstick in her hand and I'm like crying tears in my eyes. So I'm not sure how true that really was, but I put it in my slide deck. You, you, did funny. you get a yardstick when you were little? Oh yeah. <laughs> I got spatulas. I got this rubber spatula or like wooden spoons. That was, that was pretty much my, uh, my parents' weapon of choice. Sometimes a belt. They told me they got hit with garden hoses, though. So I don't know if anyone. <laughs> yeah, you imagine that was back in like the like the fifties, fifties, fifties when it was like rubber. Like you were hitting, getting hit with like some, you know, grade A, never gonna degrade in in the dirt. It's it's here for you know eternity. Rubber. <laughs> Did, would people yell your mom out? <laughs> you know. <it> was... <laughs> No, 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 it didn't happen. And the, I would have. <laughs> yeah, the, the funny thing is somebody was like, oh, you should have brought your mom. But she had just like, yeah, had, see? Like, like knee replacement surgery. And like, uh -huh. yeah, it's like, oh, that would have worked out too well. It would have been kind of fun to have my mom there in person. Although I don't know if she would do it. I don't know if she would get in front of a group of, a big group of people. Uh, it was a terrible time slot, man. It was like Sunday at 11 a.m. Like everybody is completely hung over well Probably your mom's not up at 11 a.m no 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 the audience at everybody. oh, oh. <laughs> like everybody was completely mom would have hated it like everybody had bad headaches and you know no energy and like probably like me it just got done checking out of the room and loading up their cars uh -huh. you you're know, kind of pissed stuff. off you're disappointed now you got to travel ahead of you and he was like well i guess i got slogged through the day here <laughs> So yeah, it was a it was kind of a rough time slot. Um, but uh, I mean, last day of cons are always the worst days for speakers. Like they should oh, just yeah. like it should it should end on the day, like before the big party, because we all know like you're gonna lose half the audience in the morning. Oh but, yeah, DefCon Sundays. <laughs> That's the one that I I like to reference. Like, <laughs> why why is there a Sunday? <laughs> I don't know. I was thinking you could have done like I don't know if you watched Letterman ever. You know when Letterman was on, he had his mom. Could have just someone that's like hide her off stage and just, hey mom. She didn't have to get up in front of anybody. Just give her a, a hot mic in the in the crowd. Hot mic. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd love to have, like brought my mom out and have her like chastise me or you know whatever, tell me I'm grounded or something. Oh, you could have put like like sound that, bits or something. That would have been that would have been hilarious. But uh, you know, so it I, wasn't like it wasn't like pictures of your mom. It was like an artistic interpretation of your mom, like an eight bit mom. Yeah, there was a, a real picture of her at the very end of the deck. And uh, so, That's so good. I'm gonna look these up later. Yeah, I hope it said like, I love my mom. Right. It was it like, a actually, real. yeah, see, yeah. it was one of those. Yeah, it, that's it, good. It, good for it you. Was, it was it, it was the day that we got home uh, with with my son and, it, you know, her holding him. And it was just, you know, it's a nice, meaningful picture. Yeah, that's sweet. That's sweet, Mr. Matt. <laughs> You're a nice guy. What a nice boy.
Um, <laughs> you got any? You got any horror stories? Like, I mean, maybe not. Maybe you can't talk about it. Any of them, like of some, like you know, one instant response horror story as we like get near this hour approach that you're like, because I have a few from back in the day when I did some derf and instant response, and it was just like, man, or just some like something that was so. Like they call you in and you do all this stuff and it was so simplistic. You're like, well, that's how it solved it. Did you just say derp? Derf. What's derf? Your response. Oh, oh, you can you can shorten that. <laughs> I can. It wouldn't be differ. Depends on your uh, accent on your slobble. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Actually, I. I it's kind of funny. My previous job, I actually had um, three different uh, talks or three different situations where I'd done investigations. I put together a talk on it called Lemme Your IRs. And I basically did live demo reenactments of this stuff. And what was really fun with it is that I basically, um, I, I didn't save any of the artifacts from this stuff. You know, basically add some case notes and just close stuff out and cleaned up files or whatever because i never thought like hey this would be kind of cool to go back and give a talk on this uh so like i had to recreate all this stuff from scratch but it was kind of cool because what i tried to do is show the attacker side show you know the malicious code and how it worked and what it did and then the actual tools i would use um you know obviously all sped up in the interest of time uh, to investigate things and uh yeah that was uh and I put together a talk called Lemme Your IRs and uh, it's, it's, you know, I, I think one of the toughest things I've done cause I had to recreate all that stuff from scratch. Um, but yeah, the, the, the one I, I scenario I give, I totally make fun of myself in it because uh, you know, I normally, I, and I've given talks on phishing forensics and whatever else. And it's always start with the headers. You always start with the message headers and, you know, always start there. And, and I had, um, somebody come up to my desk at my previous job and all frantic and, Hey man, we've had the, uh, you know, the, you know, CEO's administrative assistant try to open up this attachment on their iPhone and it's exactly matching the IOCs from, you know, this Nikurs botnet, you know, the flawed Amy rat and, uh, you know, like, man, it matches this thing to a T and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, when they first came through my desk, I'm like, yeah, okay, that's cool. I'll look into it, drop what I'm doing stuff. But then as they stood there and they kept talking, man, they got me all amped up and stuff. And so, you know, we'll get you this attachment right away and blah, blah, blah. And so, man, I get this attachment. I start tearing into it and I'm spending all this time trying to, you know, figure out what the heck this thing is and curious why it doesn't detect on anything. And, you know, curious why I can't get the, you know, the macros that, you know, I can't even, you know, figure out how to get them to run and like all this other stuff and, you know, all the sandbox analysis, all this research I did and spent all this time looking at this stuff. And then I finally thought, you know, this is dumb, but I, it could obviously spoof, but I haven't looked at the exif data. So I look at the exif data and sure enough, the author is like the, you know, our test fishing vendor. <laughs> and all that time. And so oh. then I go back and I validate the headers to make sure that it really did come from them. And of course it did. And I felt like such an idiot. It's like right? six cents. Like he was dead all along. See <laughs> what happens. So yeah, like I totally spent all this time looking at the stupid attachment. And I if I just would have started the headers, man, I'd have had that investigation closed out in like a minute. <laughs> Do you have any like uh, go-to tools for digital forensics? 
Um, I tend to use a lot of different stuff. I don't know. Is NK still a big player? As someone who has been out of it for eh, a long time. Long yeah, time. they're they're a very big player uh, for sure. So definitely. Them and, cel- and them and Celebrite for cell phones were what I used back in the day, like wholeheartedly. I don't know if He's Celebrate's still in the game of cell phone <laughs> forensics at all. Yeah, I'm not sure. I've never really had good mobile forensics tools to, to use. So, I mean, after the A4 chip in the iPhone, like you couldn't now, obviously, if anybody does digital forensics and listens this far in, please, please tell me. Did you know, check Kyle. That, but like after the A4 chip, it was like you couldn't get a full, you know, bit for bit copy of the hard drive because I think what Celebrate would do it, again, fact check Kyle, I think they're an Israeli company. They would reverse engineer like the chipset, figure how it did it's like, you know, decoding and stuff like that. So I think after the A4 chip, Celebrate, you weren't allowed, you weren't able to get like a bit for bit copy. Now you can do like the logical and collect the, some of the file system data and things like that. So I love cell phone forensics. It was fun. Do you have any like good resources, either one of you on, on cell phone forensics, uh, for, excuse me, cell phone forensics as a person that just knows about like reverse engineering APKs and, uh, you know, that, that sort of thing, like what, where can I get smarter on like how to do stuff on a phone? A um, couple things uh, that come to mind, uh, especially for folks kind of looking to get started. Um, there's a little bit of stuff in the seed lab, which I'm sorry, seed labs, which was started in Syracuse university uh, by Dr. Kevin Dew. And uh, you know, there, there's an accompanying book that you probably want to get with it, but uh, they do a little bit of stuff there and even better than that um, on the forensic side Anisa has their um, free training resources and they have a couple labs uh, what's really cool about the Anisa stuff is it's um, you know basically put out by the European Union for free to anybody and they give you the VMs they give you the um, lab guides uh, everything and it's absolutely free and they've got a couple uh, mobile forensics things that I'm planning on on tearing into myself just to get better at it. Um, so a couple quick and easy, very you know, easy to get free resources out there that folks might want to check out. Oh, can you make sure that uh, intern Jimmy gets those in the show notes? Yeah, yeah, we'll get intern Jimmy, aka Kyle. We'll make sure those get <laughs> Jimmy and ISA. Need it. We definitely maybe. It. <laughs> look at you over there looking for you a third wheel that we could just uh call on for random we listen to the podcast every week just take notes and then i write the show notes because like you know i'm witty right like i'm obviously yeah, yeah. that's add some wit to it and then oh <laughs> uh, man i miss cell phones i don't know there is a group of people that still do it Hopefully we have some. You know what? I'm gonna dig in. There's some, lots of people Matt, to do maybe, it, right? Well, yeah, Matt. Maybe you could throw some cell phones, forensics, derf people in your community. I'd love to have them on the podcast and talk to more. There's a few <laughs> people that I know that I'm gonna reach out. Uh, a few women in the field that I know that do derf stuff and and that and some Mac, you know, forensics stuff as well. I'd like to get them on. Yeah, we're, I know a couple of people. We're we're scaling back a little bit uh, to like two. To maybe three a month because it's it's a lot to do four podcasts a month and then get it all done and i got some big news coming up in a couple of weeks so uh 
my time will be limited a little bit. But. A little bit. Kyle's going to get busy. But, uh, man, <laughs> again, see, we made it an easy hour in. And, like, we can just keep going and keep going. Always. Time always flies. Oh, yeah. I could go on forever. And, uh, Kyle, I did send you uh, pictures of that turtle van if you want to check it out. In oh, yeah. Email. For sure. I, could, uh, I will definitely I like turtles. Or I suppose I could screen share. Oh, yeah. Let's I'll turn screen sharing off because he, he hates – so as you screen share, like, let's talk about how people get a hold of you. I think you told me Twitter and LinkedIn. I'll put the Twitter. I'll tag you on Twitter. I do show notes on there. I think we said that's good to go. Um, but uh, yeah, Twitter at C3RKAH. Oh, hold on. Hold on. I'll get Jimmy to add those to the show notes for sure. C3RKKH? That's uh, C3RKAH. Oh. It's an it's an anagram if you convert the three to an e, but somebody had already taken that handle. So. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, it's cool because I typed in my uh, my Bluetooth keyboard here. Like I started to type it in, and it just went r <laughs> the whole way across. Thank you, thank you, Chinese keyboard. Every week, David gets a new follower on Twitter because he follows one a week, guy. baby. <laughs> right, right. Nobody exactly. wants to listen to me. Wait, what? What do you? What do you? Yeah, you just post pictures of a beer can in your shower. That's it. Hey, that's oh, there it goes. There's a bunch of H's. There's a bunch of H's. C three R K A H. That implant keyboard. <laughs> Gina. Well, Matt, it's been uh, it's been great having you on. Oh, I guess I could. I'll, I'll we'll do the share, screen share right after. I think there's some stupid setting where it doesn't allow anybody to do it unless I tell them they can do it. There we go. Yeah. Oh, you followed me already. See, this is this is easy, didn't you? But um, know. whatever. Might have. I'm bad at this shit. Matt, it's been great having you on. It's also been great meeting you too and putting a face to a name and stuff like that. Uh, sure thing. Yeah, Matt, thanks a lot. Thanks for uh, hanging out with us for a long time. This this oh, always goes it's it's yeah, nice. Is, it's nice and fast. That is look legit. at that thing. That is a legit. Yeah. Where's April? It was some work. Oh, look at that. You took like, oh man, you you hand painted the little front too. Yeah, actually, uh yeah. So, you know, use a color printer and but I did the digital artwork if you oh yeah look at that and then, uh, that's dope yep so so there it was man we were, we were the talk of the neighborhood i i do cool stuff like every year so you gotta you gotta keep up oh uh, yeah yeah are those are yeah. great oh yeah we're actually known, we're no we're known in our like my wife loves uh she's been on the podcast and co-hosted but she loves halloween so like we have a huge halloween like shindig Oh, that's legit too. Yeah, so this was when he was oh, six months awesome. old, first Halloween. He was a barnstormer pilot. Um, that's and legit. That, that was the yard cart that I converted to a plane. And then after that, I went to the wagon. It's just kind of been the uh, wagon ever since. Um, let me see if I can. Yeah. Then uh, at one and a half, he was a firefighter. And yeah, the lights all. Um, you know, of course they do. Flashed. Of course they were. You can see where I made the you know the the axe out of dowel rod and cardboard and aluminum foil and I uh, electric tape wrap you know color tape wrap the uh, handle there and you know put together oh, the ladder. Folks, if you're listening this far in, you gotta step up your game <laughs> for your kids' Halloween. Even me. So is it the same wagon that you're doing every year? Yep. Yep. 
And so then when he was the following year, I converted the wagon into a train and he was a train engineer. And by the way, that was a working smokestack. That was some serious backyard engineering to pull that off. But of course it was a working smokestack. It worked. And so I'll breeze through these because there's like a ton of the pictures of that one. But that's uh, one of like the fun uh, like shout out shout out to Flexible Flyer for a great wagon. (laughs) (laughs) Flexible Flyer. Looking for sponsors. Oh. And uh, then he was a uh, an astronaut, and so I built the converted the wagon into a space shuttle. Um, the following year, was that a working and, jet engine in the back, or no? You know, I, I tried, and I didn't have enough air intake. Um, I had some streamers <laughs> on the back, and it was supposed to you know blow, but it didn't work because I didn't have enough airflow into it, and I didn't have enough time. My gas tank was it. too small. Um, so. Yeah, a little bit of a pro- problem there. But uh, and then this one, he had like face paint from earlier in the day that he wouldn't let us wipe off. And it was like the Spider-Man face paint. So it was just like half smeared on his face. Um, but uh, yeah, Spider- Spider-Man goes to space. You know yeah, what I mean? but you can I see don't... the back there, the, the streamers I had. And, and outside of the um, actual shuttle, yeah, it, it looked like, you know, it would move because I had the fan in there, but it just didn't have enough. <laughs> Didn't have enough air to move it, but do you, uh, do plus you think it was really humid. Could you do this sort of thing with a Honda Civic or a Honda? <laughs> I'm, hard, I'm sorry, a Honda CRV. Could you do it with this? You know, I get a little scary where it's going, and I kind of think, you know, like by the time he's 14, it'd be like, "Hey, boy, it's your last Halloween for." Uh, You're getting out the sawzall, like cutting, why, like. Why don't know, we convert the car and... into an aircraft carrier, and we'll build our own planes and put on it, and you can be an admiral. Like, Dad, do you know how to? Quinjet, Matt, you are really just shooting yourself in the foot. Like expectations for yourself are just risen every year. He's like, Dad, what are we doing this year? Oh yeah, totally gets crazy. And the helmet was the hardest thing. Like I paper mache that freaking helmet, man, <laughs> and with had the plastic on the front. And boy, it was tough. David, you taking you taking notes? Cause like, uh, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell. No, uh, listen. Here's one question I have for you though. Did your did your kid age? Because he looks like he can fit in this in this thing still and i've seen like five different five six different modes of transportation he still fits in that radio flyer yeah yeah it's a yeah i think it's a berlin flyer but uh <laughs> it is and it's sorry it's, it's really quality because it's got the you know the you know the fancy rack and pinion steering so it it's not just like you know two wheels move and the you know those are uh, nice yeah and so yeah then Last year he was a hockey player, so I built this wagon into a Zamboni, um, and you know, working headlights. And actually, I had a spinning strobe light in the back, and then I had an accident where it fell on the ground and broke, and I couldn't fix it. And there was no time to get a replacement, so I had to put a standard red flasher on the back. But that eh, still worked out pretty good. Well, we're, we're judging. It's okay. <laughs> So, but you can tell, you know, definitely illuminated and, and flashing. There That's the crazy. Top. And, uh, yep. So that was the, the Zamboni and his hockey outfit and, you know, kind of made his stuff look like skates and he does play, uh, he does play ice hockey now, actually. I was gonna say that's a legit helmet. Like, so you weren't, that's not a costume helmet. You're, you have that from a thing. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, his first hockey helmet when he was doing learn to skate and all that stuff. Um, and then, of course, you guys have seen the the Ninja Turtle van That's stuff, insane. which is this last year. So I get into it, man. It's uh, 
it's a fun holiday like i i used to hate halloween i mean i don't i don't like halloween and i think a lot of that has to do with the way that, that my parents <laughs> handled halloween when i grew up so <laughs> that's another issue for another podcast but you know i i, I think I'm, I'm finding it to be a lot more fun as like i have kids and whereas we have a neighborhood now and I can take my kids out and I see dads like you, like that are really just, you're flipping into it. There's, there's dads out there dressed up like superheroes talking to other kids. Like they're, they're, they're that superhero. And I'm out there just trying to hide four beers in my pocket. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> just trying well, to you're someone's superhero, David. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know, but like, it looks fun. And maybe, maybe next year, maybe next year we'll, uh, we'll, we'll do something. Up we dress up, we've dressed, we've dressed up every year. This year we sat in the front lawn because obviously it was like social distance at trick or treat. We put all the can on like a card table we had in the driveway and we sat like up on our walkway with uh purge masks on. <laughs> uh -huh. Did you have the candy tube? Like the PVC no, tube where you're just shooting it down? We just spread it out on a table and like, yeah, we did. You know, it's funny thing is like kids these days are really good. And like, we actually, put some of the candy in the trash today because it's bad to have candy laying around right as an adult you know oh, you're gonna to eat tell it. you know but like kids are really good just <laughs> taking one it's like next year i just want to be like you know like claw hand where you never get the stuffed animal i want you to be that claw hand and put your hand down and grab and put it in your bag because i want i'd rather it go away than have any leftovers yeah i saw some interesting stuff some people like had pvc pipe and ladders and they were just uh -huh. like basically dropping it through the chute to kids to hold their bag or you know I've underneath stuff and like stuff that. like that so a guy used to work with built a, a, a cannon cannons. he built a cannon like a high uh not hydraulic oh my lord i have too many beers uh, he he brought a he bought a thing that shoots the stuff out to people hey let's wrap this up <laughs> Matt, it's been great having you. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thanks uh, a lot. I'll add I'll add your handles to the, the show notes, and uh, as we like to end all podcasts, uh, stay thirsty, everybody. Cheers. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Thank you.